Welcome back to Be the Sought After Entrepreneur podcast. This is episode number 16, and I'm your host, Katherine Thompson. Thank you as always for tuning into this episode. But before we dive in, you know the drill. I want to give a big shout out to one of our listeners of the week. Lauren wrote, I love your podcast. I love how you talk about the mindset around launches too. It's definitely something that you have to train yourself to do. I've been binging it and am loving it. Thank you so much, Lauren, for shooting me a message to let me know how much you love it. It continues to show me how helpful and valuable the content is for entrepreneurs. Now on today's episode, this is one topic that I'm super stoked to chat about, but I also think it's one topic or one strategy I believe is highly overlooked in the entrepreneurial space, but one I believe every business owner should care about. It's how to create an exceptional customer experience to grow your business and set yourself apart from similar businesses in your industry. So let's dive in, shall we? After generating over a million dollars in sales and selling one of her businesses with a single email, your host, Katherine Thompson, takes an unconventional approach to marketing and sales. So if you're ready to tap into a more powerful way to be seen, heard, and a sought-after entrepreneur in your industry without having to spend endless hours marketing your business and chasing clients, you're in the right place. Be the Sought-After Entrepreneur Podcast is here to help you ditch the cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all approach to marketing and use your unique energy to effortlessly attract the most aligned clients. When you do this, you can spend less time marketing your business and more time doing your soul work and enjoying the richness of your life. Welcome to Be the Sought After Entrepreneur Podcast. And here's your host, Katherine Thompson. Before we start, I want to begin by defining what the customer experience entails for those listeners that might be like, I don't know if I'm doing this in my business, but if I am, it's definitely not intentional. Or for the business owners that are like, I have no idea what this is. I'm not even considering it. I'm just sort of like operating on survival at the moment. But I wanted to do this episode because I want to share with you why you should care about this as a business owner, especially if you want to grow your business using word of mouth and referrals and or you want to offer a premium service or product within your product or service suite within your business. So The customer experience is something that your business does that makes the experience of dealing with you enjoyable, peaceful, calming, fun, etc. These are all adjectives that I'm using because not all of them are going to apply to what you're trying to achieve or do in your business. And so not all businesses are going to create what I say or cultivate an experience that's fun, enjoyable, relaxing, peaceful, calming. No, you want to sort of define what it is you're hoping to achieve within your business and the experience you want your customers to have while working with you and the experience that you want them to continue to have as they leave your business store, leave working with you, that sort of thing. So for example, I pay a premium to get my pedicures done at a spa versus paying less money to get my pedicure done at like a fast mall stop where you can go and there's like 10 chairs and a bunch of different workers and it's like hustling bustling and really noisy and you're kind of in and out within 15 minutes and it's like super cheap and yada yada. No, I pay a premium to go to the spa so that I have that atmosphere that the spa offers. It's very 
sort of peaceful and calming. It's relaxing. I get an, I take an hour out of my day. I go, I get a beautiful hot neck wrap. They hand me a drink menu. I can order a glass of wine if I want. I'm sitting in a massage chair. They massage my arms while I'm, my feet are soaking. You know, I get to walk away with nail polish at the end of it. It's just a very lovely experience. And what they do and what they've cultivated at this spa is something that I wouldn't trade for a lower cost, quick service. That's not to say that the low cost, quick service isn't as busy. They probably are because they are appealing to somebody that doesn't want to necessarily maybe pay for the premium service. They don't really care about like the relaxing atmosphere. They don't have the time to sit there for an hour, whatever their reasoning is. That is why it's so important to really understand what your customers want, but also first and foremost, establish what type of experience you want to cultivate for them. And you'll ultimately attract those types of clients in your business. And this is why it's so important for business owners to care about, because when they cultivate this exceptional customer experience, not only does it grow their business like word of mouth and through referrals, but it actually keeps people coming back, right? Because there's nothing that's going to change my mind to go to any other spa because of the treatment and the experience that I get where I go. And so I'm not easily swayed to go anywhere else. So it also helps you cultivate really loyal fan base that keep coming back each and every time that they need your product or your service. It's also a strategy that is essentially free if you do it well. And something that I think is like highly overlooked in the business world. I remember when I first started my business, somebody had mentioned that I needed to, you know, spend X amount of dollars in advertising, like a percentage of sales. And then I had somebody else say that like word of mouth strategy and referrals is not a good strategy. And that if you spend time doing that, eventually it's going to plateau. And so that's why I really wanted to do this episode because I wanted to share with you one, how we cultivated that experience very intentionally for our customers within the brick and mortar winemaking, not only to grow the business, but also to differentiate our business from other similar businesses within our industry and how you can do that as well and give you sort of some ideas of what we did in brick and mortar, but also how I've transferred that over into my online business and how I've essentially been running my business online this past year solely on referrals. I haven't spent a dime on paid advertising. I haven't relaunched my group coaching. All of my customers and clients have come solely from referrals. And that's because I put in the effort and the time to cultivate those relationships with my clients and customers, no matter what type of business I'm running, whether it's product-based or service-based, so that if I choose not to relaunch my online business, which I have, that I have that referral base coming through. Yes, it can be a little bit more unreliable, but like I said, if you do this well, you will have no problem having consistent clients coming through your door every month, which I have for the last year in my online business and what we had in our brick and mortar. And so for those of you that don't know, who are new to following me and new to my story, five years ago, we opened a brick and mortar winemaking business here locally where I live. And we recently sold it a year ago. So we had the business for four years. But prior to opening the business, we were very intentional to how we wanted to lay out our store. 
because we knew we wanted to offer a different experience for people locally. I would say that the market was fairly saturated with winemaking businesses where I live. There were six other businesses that basically did essentially the same thing that we were coming into the market to offer. Where I live is about 240, maybe 250,000 people. So it's not like a massive market of people, right? And so we knew that coming in, we had to do things differently to stand out, not only to attract new clients, people that had never done this before, but to also attract clients that were going to other stores and that might be looking for a different experience, different product, you name it. And so two things that made our business substantially different than all of the other businesses in Saskatoon were number one was our product. Our product was exclusive to our store. It was also superior. It was a hundred percent pure juice product that we used where all of the other businesses were adding water to their production of wine. So that was first and foremost. So we already looked at our product as being slightly superior to what was on the market and a premium product So we also wanted the experience to be premium and superior to what they were getting at other businesses and other stores. And so the layout of our business played a huge factor in that, in that we wanted our store to be open and welcoming. We wanted them to see basically from the door they walked into the back of the store. We wanted them to see the production, it was kind of that open kitchen concept you see in a lot of restaurants now where you can see the chef cooking your food. We wanted them to see the stainless steel tanks and the oak barrels. And so we made that a point of making that very visual when they walked in, not only for customers to just see how clean we kept things, especially when you're dealing with food or beverage, right? To show that you kind of have this really clean, organized space. We wanted them to see that. So they knew that the wine we were making for them was handled well, and we were treating it well and all that jazz. And they could see people working when they then walked in. But we also knew that it was going to entice people to poke their head into the store that might not know that this was even an option for them to do, to come in and to actually see it. And we actually got a ton of feedback from that. When we first opened, lots of people were like, I didn't even know you could do this in the city. I didn't know this was even possible. And I'm like, there's six other stores that do the same thing. But what made us different and our layout different was all of the other stores opened kind of like a retail. So you walk in, it was a retail space with a ton of products like winemaking kits, winemaking supplies, uh, wine trinkets and accessories. And you couldn't actually physically see the bottling space or the production. So if you walked in and you just kind of walked off the street and you were kind of looking or you stumbled across content on social media or a website and you wanted to come check the place out, you wouldn't really know what it all entailed. Not only did the store set it up sort of like that, that you had to kind of walk through the entire store, through a door into like back spaces to bottle or the bottling station would be like off to the side and like kind of crammed in a corner and there wasn't a lot of space. And so this is really important because the bottling part of our business was the experience. So just to kind of backtrack a bit, you would basically what a customer would do, they would come in, they select the wine they like, we would brew it, it'd take about six weeks unless you were in a barrel. And then part of the legalities of the business, you have to come back and assist with the bottling. And so that was the point that the customer was going to be in the store the longest, other than coming in and purchasing their wine. And so 
or purchasing what option that they wanted. And so we wanted that opportunity, that time to be enjoyable, to be relaxing, to sort of be an unwinding. We wanted it to be like friendly and open. We wanted them to have a lot of space. We also wanted to encourage that they bring friends and family, right? Because the more people that they brought in or engaged in the process, the more likely the word would spread, people would talk about it, all of that. So it was very intentional. So our bottling spaces were basically like one big kitchen, right? So you walk in, tons of space, had a dishwasher, which a lot of the other stores didn't have a dishwasher. So they had to hand sanitize all their bottles. We put 30 bottles in, within five minutes it was done. So our whole goal was to just create, like I said, more of a premium experience for our people so that they actually enjoyed being in the store. So it wasn't something that they were like, oh man, I just want to get in and out. We offered custom labels so that it was personalized. So they could personalize their bottles. They could put funny wine quotes on it. Again, no other store was really offering that. If anything, you know, lots of times they said that we got a Jiffy marker that we could write on the bottle, right? So we wanted to make it very personalized. We wanted to make it very fun. We wanted to make it, you know, enjoyable while they were there. But the other really great thing about the experience we were cultivating and very purposely doing was with the personalized custom labels that they got to stick on every single bottle, every time they popped that bottle out after they left the store, they would pop it at a dinner table, they'd bring to a friend's, show up at a wedding with it, whatever it is, our name was on the label, and they had some funny quote. People loved coming up with funny wine quotes funny wine sayings, you know, things that would just like, you know, get a laugh out of their friends and family. They talked about it when they'd come back in the store. Oh, yeah, they loved that label. You know, from the very first point of customer service when they walked into the store was always a friendly hello to them bottling. But we also thought about the experience and the continued talk about our business after they left the store with the custom labels with our name on it, with our phone number. And it was really fun for our clients to be able to write, yeah, like I said, something funny on their label that they, you know, inside joke, whatever, you know, we would have couples come in the store that, you know, would, oh, I'm not putting that on the label. And the husband being like, oh, I really want to put that on the label. And, you know, it was just a really fun thing. And then before you knew it, couples and friends were bringing more friends. And before you knew it, it was like a snowball effect. We had people coming in, referring us, the word of mouth, the reviews, so, so positive. And it was all just, like I said, very sort of intentional ways of cultivating just a different experience for people. And lots of times, like I said, you know, these are the things that are cut out, right? Like lots of other businesses, lots of the other winemaking stores in Saskatoon, you know, they didn't offer like the shrinks or the labels and people would have to pay like all this additional money for you know, the labels and the shrinks. And so people would just opt out for it. And then they walk away with these bottles that had no labeling on it, no additional promotion for their business on it. And so you always want to think, like I said, from like, the very first point of them either walking into your business or dealing with you online, to the final point of them working with you. But then also like, what does that look like after the fact so that one, they become recurring customers, but then also they're like, yourself promoting yourself because they're either talking about you or the product that you've got out there is talking about you. And so, you know, those are some of the ways that we cultivated that experience. And again, like I said, you know, in the brick and mortar, that really helped us grow in the first year of business, like all businesses, you know, I invested money in paid advertising, I did all the things. 
And before I knew it, you know, I got really personal with my clients and my customers. And I just said, like, how did you hear about us? They're like, where did you hear about us? And they're like, well, I was over at so-and-so's house for supper and he whipped out one of your wine bottles and I chuckled at the label that he had. And the wine is delicious as well. It's like, I didn't even know it was a homemade wine, you know? And it was so funny because it was like, wine is such a social thing, right? You drink it either, you know, as you're making supper with friends and family or whatever it is, it's a social thing. And so we thought about that as, you know, easy promotion, right? It's kind of like branding, you know, a water bottle, if you're a personal trainer, branding a t shirt as a personal trainer, you know, they're going to walk out of your gym, and wear it, you know, out in public, and then someone's like, conquer, conquer personal fitness, whatever it is, you know, that's the gym that I go to. And so I wear that, you know, Robin stuff with me all over. So it's like a personal trainer that brands their clothing. And, you know, as you leave the gym, you see your brand being worn out to a grocery store, to a friend's house, or whatever it might be, and your name gets carried on. I mean, those are ways in which, again, you can continue to promote your business through word of mouth, through referrals. And more people will are going to like listen to friends and family or somebody that they trust about working with somebody else, right? And so the more you can cultivate that within your business, the more you can cultivate that exceptional experience for your people while they first touch you know, come in contact with you while they're dealing with you, but then also after they leave your business is so, so powerful to growing your business. So that's kind of the things that we did in our brick and mortar. One other thing that we did in our brick and mortar that, you know, again, was like an experience within experience, as I call it. So we had our like regular wine making that you could do, but then we also did barrel, we had a barrel club. And so what that entailed was people could buy into the barrel, which offered premium taste, quality, all of that. And they paid a premium price for it. And then one of the things that we did was we had all the barrel club people bottle on the same day. So 10 people per barrel, and they were all strangers, right? Or they would have to eventually friends and recommend them to come and join the barrel. And we had cheese and crackers set up and it wasn't anything like super fancy, as I say, but it was just that added touch. And these are things, again, that can easily on a bottom line be cut out because you're like, well, like, are you really making money on having cheese and crackers? Are you really making money on the label and the shrink caps? Like, why don't you just get rid of them, right? They're really easy things to like, ditch, especially if you're in like financial stress. But also if you're just a numbers person looking at the financials and the bottom line. And that's why we say like, business can become so impersonal, when we're just looking at the lens of making money or operating from that survival mindset, it's really, really easy to lose sight of some of the added values or touches that really go a long way. Like I said, like the labels or the cheese and crackers. And it was interesting because we had a couple come in and they were part of the barrel and there was cheese and crackers. And then they came in the next time and they weren't part of the barrel. And they're like, oh, where are the cheese and crackers? And I was like, Oh, that's just for the barrel club, you know, event experience. And oh, okay. And then the next time they came in, they brought friends and they said, we're just bringing friends in this time because we want them to like get a sense of your store and come and help us bottle. And I was like, awesome. And they brought in their own cheese and crackers. And then they said to me at one point, you know, we would upgrade every time we come in, if you offered an upgrade for cheese and crackers, and I was like, something to consider. But you know, it was something that we, you know, we weren't prepared to do at the time. But again, 
listening to your customers of how they feel like the experience would be enhanced, right? And you you see this with lots of businesses where they do add-ons, right? They do upgrades, right? I mean, upgrade on your seat in the airplane, upgrade your hotel room, upgrade your car if you're renting it. There's options to do that to sort of like, again, help enhance the experience for your customers. Now, naturally, because we did this in our brick and mortar and we did so well at growing our business with word of mouth and referrals, essentially what we relied on for, you know, basically the three years that we didn't dump a bunch of money into paid ads. And we grew year after year after year, we had it hit a plateau in that sort of word of mouth and referral is what made me realize how much I really wanted to translate that into the online space. But when I entered into the online space, I remember, you know, there's lots of rhetoric around like lead generation and cold traffic and warm traffic and all of the things that you need to do in the front end of the business to generate sales, right? It all starts with those leads. And I remember sort of reverting back to, I guess I have to pay for all this advertising because this is just how you do it in the online space. It's different than the brick and mortar physical space. I justified the differences and it isn't different. You can still implement this in the online space. And it's what I've basically done over the last year where I've relied solely on referrals to, you know, fund my online business, right? I've relied solely on that. And that was working with my clients and not doing anything fancy, so to speak. I always say like, it doesn't have to be over the top fancy. You don't have to send them champagne bottles. You don't have to, you know, do all of these things. It's just these added touches that you can do this extra point of contact, this reaching out after the fact and just saying, Hey, you know, just wanted to check in just, you know, holding people accountable. There's lots of ways you can show love, care and compassion for your people and your customers in a way that cultivates, like I said, this really great experience where they're constantly referring you. And that's essentially what has happened. I have not launched my online coaching program in a year because I've had referrals coming through the door consistently. And that's another massive misconception in the online space or in business in general that you can't create consistent income from referrals and word of mouth and that you're going to end up going through what they call like the feast and famine of business. And it's just not true. You know, again, our brick and mortar like literally was sustained based off word of mouth and referrals for three years. My online business for the last year has just been referrals so it is definitely something that you can do if you do it well and do it right. Again, treat your customers with sort of like that care and compassion, but also just like listening to what they look for when it comes to really good service or experience. And it's something that you can definitely implement. And, you know, I talk about human design here and there, and I talk about you know, I'm not an expert in it, but I dived really deeply into it just for my own validation in a lot of ways. And I don't want to say that I need a human design to validate what I was feeling, but I've always naturally attracted people from my network, from my community, from referrals, from word of mouth. And I had so many people over the years tell me that it's just not a really good strategy, not a reliable strategy. You can't base your business on it. 
And I believed them in a lot of ways because it was like, I just kept hearing this on repeat. And then I stumbled across human design and I'm a four, six manifesting generator. And the more I dived into it, I realized the four line in my design is all around community. And that most of my connections, most of my business growth, most of my work comes from my community and my network. And when I heard that, I was like, I am right. You know, you can build your business doing it the way that you feel is a really good way or leaning into the things that are working and shutting out what people are telling you, you know, isn't a really great strategy. And I just think that like when people walk away from your business, again, like setting the whole business thing aside or like the money thing aside, they're making money and all of that jazz is sort of like stepping back and just kind of looking at like even the experiences you've had going into businesses or going on a plane or whatever it is and being like, you know, that just felt really good. And so if you, as a business owner, you come from that mindset of like, I just want my people to have like a good time. I want them to feel good. I want them to like get what they thought they were going to get out of this experience. I want to like meet or exceed their expectations in every way that I possibly can. Like if you go into it with that sort of mindset, it starts to make everything that you do in business, one really intentional, but like you sort of have this like personal touch that's like just exuding already without you even really having to try. And then if you want to add like small touches, like a handwritten card that they get, or you want to send someone a bottle of champagne, send them a bottle of champagne. If you want to send them like a gift in the mail for working with you or a thank you card or flowers or just show your appreciation. I mean, in and of itself, that in and of itself will you know, just create a really nice vibe within your business. But I wanted to share some of the other things that I've done in my brick and mortar and online space. Like one of the things I really, really focus on in the online space is like really simplifying the way that I work with people too, like making it really easy to get a like have contact with me, like make it really easy to like get a hold of me or not that I'm like always available to them, but like that they have a point of contact with me the leader, the CEO, the person that they've invested in, the expert that they want to work with, there is a point of contact that even in the world of automation, I say this often is like, you know, automation is great. And having like automated systems in place is awesome. As long as you're not removing the personal touch and feel to a point where your customers feel like they're dealing with a robot or they are not even dealing with you. And you see this often with companies that grow really quickly or have grown substantially. They sort of like separate the leader, so to speak, who's like untouchable now. And you see this often with leaders. I'm not saying that they have to be accessible to everyone. And if they've got a massive audience, it's really hard to be accessible to everybody, but it's like still having a point of contact with you or a And having that sort of like personal feel within your business where people don't just feel like they're a number or they're just a customer or doesn't really matter. Again, you know, we've all sort of felt that at some point going into a business where maybe you walked into a physical retail business and nobody even looked up to say hello. Or you've gone into a coaching container and it's like 4,000, 5,000 students and like you, you don't even get, you know, two minutes with the person that you've invested in to like get the help. Or there's really no contact or support given to all the students. There's no capacity of supporting them, right? You've seen that happen in times. And so really cultivating that customer experience or exceptional experience for your people is the thing that's going to help them 
one, turn into raving fans where they can't help but refer you to their friends and family or people that they know that you can help or serve in whatever capacity it is. And that was the thing that we literally, you know, hinged all of what we did on our brick and mortar. Yes, we did pay for ads up front, but I think it, you know, again, I look back to that moment and it was like, I was in my head. I was hearing people say that you needed to do this. And so I did it because I was like, this is the way you do it, I guess. Right. And at that point, yes, I had a business background and I had business knowledge and I come from a family of entrepreneurs, but I'd never run my own business. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to just try all the things. And lots of things worked and lots of things didn't. And I guess, you know, there's lots of learning that comes from that. But the takeaway is, is that if something's working in your business and you're doing well with it, just let that be and trust that it's like, this is working for a reason. And I don't need to hear from everybody else why it's not working. And that's why I feel like the customer experience and how to cultivate that is so overlooked, especially when it comes to growing your business through word of mouth or referrals, because the word of mouth and referrals is a strategy that a lot of people say is not sustainable or not reliable or can be a bit of a roller coaster. And for some, it might be that reality. But like I said, for me, it wasn't. And so for anybody that wants to grow their business through word of mouth referrals, like organically, and it wants to really cultivate this exceptional experience for their people from that very first point of contact to the very end and ongoing, as I shared with the label idea, right? Like sticking a label on the bottle, then they just walked out, they walked out with your branding, but they walked out also with a funny quote or funny saying that that sparked conversation around a dinner table because wine is social and we knew people were going to walk into someone's house with a bottle of wine or give it as a gift. And that encouraged that, right? I can make my own label and I can say happy birthday. Or we had lots of people that said, you know, I'm having a baby. They used it as a baby announcement or an engagement announcement. They used it to invite their bridesmaids to be part of their wedding. Like it became something that just started to get spread around just through the bottle itself, not necessarily the customer speaking, right? Like, and saying this place is awesome, you should try it, all of that. It was like, I got a bottle of your wine when I bought a house, right? I mean, all of that. And it was from my realtor and his logo was on the label. Like, there were so many benefits of like that one piece of thing. And I like adding a label and I know that people loved that. They loved having customized labels, personalized labels. So, you know, any takeaways in terms of cultivating that customer experience, thinking about it from like, how can I, one, make this experience something that they want to feel when they come in? Is it peace? Is it calm? Is it enjoyable? Is it fun? Is it like relaxing, unwinding? Is it energetic? Is it whatever it is that you want? Is it speedy? Is it quick? Is it, you know, easy in and out sort of, opportunity. I don't want to waste time. I just want to do it like, you know, some of the pedicure places that you can go to and where I live. Or do you want to spend the hour relaxing, right? It's figuring out what type of atmosphere and experience you want to cultivate and then making sure that's in alignment with the type of clients that you want to attract. And then what little add-ons and things can you do that just get your name and voice and message and product or service out there beyond your physical space or virtual space? Like where can your name become top of mind 
without you having to be in the room, without you having to be there creating demand for what you're selling, because then that's when the snowball effect happens and people start talking about you outside of your business and doing it in a good way because you've created this amazing experience. And this is where word of mouth, also people get really scared because if you don't offer a good experience or you aren't great with your customers, they're going to talk about you negatively. And that's why it can be a twofold thing where it's like, you don't want that negative press, so to speak. Some people say negative press is still press, but I don't want my business being, you know, talked about badly or negatively out there, especially when it's customers that have dealt with my business. I want them to go away having had a good experience with me meeting or exceeding their expectations. So it's like, what other add-ons can you do? Can it be a handwritten card? You know, those brands that send you the handwritten card with their product saying how much they appreciate you as a customer. I mean, that in and of itself, how can you personalize the experience, right? For us, it was the custom labels. It was very personal. With my online coaching, it's a very personal, I do an intake form and then I meet with my clients one-to-one. I work very intimately with my clients. So that's it's a personalized feel. So they feel seen and heard by me, the person that they've paid for, for that service. And so that is you know, the way I do it in the online space. But what other things can you offer that doesn't have to be, you know, anything like super out there, but it can be if you want it. But, you know, just to get started, if it's something that you're not doing in your business right now, like what are some of the little added touches? Or what are some of the things that you can, you know, offer or give your clients that keeps them talking about you after they've worked with you or bought your products or services? So, I really hope you enjoyed this episode around like why cultivating an exceptional customer experience is super important, but also how you can go about doing that through my story and what we did in our brick and mortar, but also what I've done in my online space and how I've been able to sustain my business over the last year solely on referral and solely from my community. And that is literally just my customers raving about what I do with me not even in the room, you know, I'm constantly being tagged in groups and communities from past clients of mine that are like, or current clients of mine that are like, she's amazing, she's amazing, she's amazing. And I don't ask them to do that. You know, I don't ask them to do that. I ask for a testimonial after they've worked with me. But other than that, I don't ask them to go out and promote me, they just naturally do it because of the experience that they've had with me. And so that's what I wish and hope for 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 you guys as entrepreneurs who want, you know, a different way maybe of growing your business other than paid advertising or launching, you know, really cultivating those relationships, intimate relationships with your customers to agree that they feel seen and heard or feel like you've exceeded their expectations and that they want to talk about you even after the fact. So hope you guys enjoyed this. If you have any questions, please reach out to me because I know I can talk really fast. I know I can cover the information pretty quickly and I just don't want to leave you guys hanging. So if you have any questions about the customer experience or anything that you feel like maybe I missed or didn't cover on this episode, I can definitely answer those questions for you or I can do a follow-up episode or a part two episode. So really hope you enjoyed this episode and be sure to subscribe to the show. Cheers. I know, I know that is a lot to talk about and to cover the whole cultivating an exceptional customer experience is a big, big topic. So please, if I have missed anything or you're feeling like I need a little more information here about this, 
send me an email at info at creativelyowned.com and I'll be happy to answer those for you. If I start to see a theme of questions coming in, then I will consider recording a part two episode to cover and address any of the questions around this. What I really wanted to achieve from this episode was to share my own experience with cultivating this experience for our customers and the ways in which we did it in a very practical way so that you could potentially spark ideas for your own business. I know how valuable it is when I hear other people's stories and what they've done in their business. And I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. And it starts to spark ideas in my own business. And so I just know how helpful that can be. So that was the intention behind that and really the importance of doing that so that you can create this experience for your customers that they become raving fans of what you do. And when they leave your business, whatever that looks like, They're raving about you to their friends and their families, and that really helps you grow your business, but also be able to offer potentially a premium service or product within your product suite. So that was the intention behind that. Now, I am super stoked for episode number 17. I have a guest coming on that by the name of Liz Pizarin. She's a licensed therapist and life coach. Super stoked to have her. She's going to share her story about how she found the courage to start a business around her life purpose and how she had to like quiet out the noise and the shoulds and the woulds and really ditch the expectations that a lot of the outside world had for her, which a lot of people who come to me share. You know, they they have these like family expectations. They come from high achieving families that want them to go to school and get a professional career. And Liz is sharing her own story about how she broke away from that and how you can too. So please subscribe to the show so that you don't miss when this episode drops next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We'll see you right back here next time. You can also find us on social media at Creatively Owned and online at creativelyowned.com. Until next time, keep showing up as your authentic self.